Welcome to Coffee Podcast. I'm Allie. I'm Emma. And each episode, one of us picks a short story to play while we drink our morning coffee. So what are you drinking this morning? I'm drinking a coffee from down the road. It's one of their single origin coffees. A single origin coffee for a singularly original story. (laughs) Truly brilliant, really. (laughs) Thanks, Sally. I'm so glad you put so much work into that. (laughs) Thanks. I'm truly a whiz. Okay. What are you drinking? I will be drinking my normal instant. Oh, what could it be? Blend 43. No way. Greatest coffee ever. Oh, still not true. It is still absolutely true. Anywho. Let's move on. So this week, it's Emma's turn to pick a story. So what have you picked? I've picked Taken by Michelle Wright, and I think it's a very deep, a very deep unsettling story. So I think you'll enjoy it. And it's by Michelle Wright, who's a award-winning short story writer from Australia. And you can find this story in an anthology called Flashing the Square, which of course is published by Spineless Wonders. So here you go, have a listen. The afternoon he was taken. The rangers put up beach closure signs and the patrols began by sea and air. The lone witness had said it was a great white. Big as a camper van, he'd said. The police officer introduced her to the man coordinating the search. So you're the young man's mother, she said, and his name's Josh. When they reopened the beach, three days later, they warned her as softly as they could that there was little chance of finding body parts. We think the shark took everything, they said. She looked straight into their faces, and though they tried, they couldn't look straight back. Four days after they set the drum lines, they called to say they'd caught it. She went down to the beach and waited. She wanted so much to hate it. She wanted to spit on it, to kick its oily flank, to spew her grief into its jaws. She demanded to know why, of all the flesh and blood it could have taken, it had chosen hers to take. But when at last she saw its face with its fearful, lifeless eyes, all she truly wanted was to stand and stare and weep. So what made you pick that one? Well, I felt like there were two layers to this story which immediately became apparent to me when I heard it the first was on the more literal level of the shark taking the boy which is something that at Sydney and in Australia we experience a lot and the reactions of communities and people to that and how there's often this vendetta then against the shark and I think it tells us a lot about our relationships to animals but then the second layer which I think I'd like to talk about was the physicality in the language. So I felt like this story really made clear how our emotions get played out on our body. And it was all about the body, like she spews her grief onto the shark and how this son, which is her flesh and blood, they're trying to find his flesh and blood. There was this real play on yeah. the literal body and our 
emotions and our relationships being defined through physical relationships and how, especially with grief, how she wants to spit on the shark to kick its oily flank and eventually spew onto it for taking the sun, her flesh and blood. Does that make sense? Yeah. It is interesting that I think through media and stuff these days, like it feels like you have to kind of really make a choice on how to display your grief. Mm, mm. Um, and it really bought into that for me of just like wanting to have all these really overt um, physical de- demonstrations of grief. And then ultimately she just does what most people do and, mm. and just cries. Mm. Which also is that release of this, you know, something, an emotion inside of you coming out physically through Mm. the weeping. Mm. Why do you think she did only weep in the end? That anger kind of got taken away. Well, I I felt it was that she was trying to hold on to anger to Mm. avoid grief. Mm. And I mean, because I think that's the thing you ultimately kind of can't be angry at an animal Mm. for doing what it does you can't be mad that the shark eats food Mm. because that doesn't make sense (laughs) no it doesn't and so you want to see a monster and then you see an animal and i think that's why the lifeless eyes are important not only are they lifeless because the animal is dead but because it's a shark's eyes they're completely different to humans Mm. you can't play out a human revenge story on something that isn't human. It doesn't adhere to the same rules. Yeah. And I mean, this shark has been killed for doing what it does naturally Mm. compared to her son who was sort of killed by, you know, if you call it an accident sort of thing, Mm. um, that there, there was no maliciousness in the death of her son. The shark was just acting, Mm. but there was maliciousness in the killing of the shark. Yes. Totally. Um, you know, which I, I mean, understand, but still it's one of those horrible realities. Mm. Can't avoid. And it's even framed in the language to be the shark's fault. It says, you know, the shark took everything. And with that, I guess it's saying that everything is his body and taking the sun from her and that life from her. Mm. But as we were saying, like, the shark didn't do anything maliciously with intent. Yeah. But I always think, like, that's one of those great sentences that sometimes you really get a lot in microlit. Mm. That the authors pick these amazing, like, ways to really concisely bring about, like, a hundred different meanings. Mm. Yeah, this was one story which, you know, it really managed to get so much meaning across in it in such a short amount of time. Really well done. Yeah. I also thought, like, it really did a great example of that emptiness of revenge, mm. you know, of, of trying to wanting to get revenge on something and then realizing that it, it's valueless that, you know, you'll, you'll win your great achievement and, mm. and get nothing. Yeah. Have you got a last point? Um, no, I was, I was mainly fascinated with the, the body aspect. I mean, maybe the human drive to find the body of someone you love like what does that mean like why yeah that's always so difficult to kind of it's very understandable why people want to find it you know it's just this very 
like symbol of where their loved one has gone. Mm. It's this intense urge and I imagine it's all the more intense for being a mother or a father. This intense urge to find the body of your loved one and bring it back home. And that's what the shark has sort of destroyed for them. And so in place of that body, you need to find the shark's body because that's where your son is. Mm. I was just so impressed because it it just really moved me because the shark has taken the son son's body from the mother like and the mother would have sheltered that body with her and now it's inside something else and it is one of those examples of what you were saying of how short story writers managed to pack so much of a punch with this short economy of words and that was the most tragic aspect of the story that this mother who had homed and sheltered and nurtured this being that being was taken by this other yeah by this absolutely animal. and i think it's so reinforced with just this the two or so simple lines from the was it the the lifeguard or the police officer the ranger the ranger or, mm. um on the beach just saying like yeah sorry he's gone mm. and being so unable to connect with her emotionally mm. um There's, yeah, he only has two lines, I think, mm. in the entire thing. But it just manages to pack such a punch. Well, I think she interjects, doesn't she? And yeah, says, she interjects at the end. His name is Josh. Yeah. Mm. Otherwise, we don't really hear her voice. No, she only speaks that one time. Mm. And it's it's one of the, I think it's a great example of just really, really brilliant micro-lit. Mm. Very powerful language. I wonder when the politicians in Australia will realise that it's pointless having revenge on sharks. We could go there. (laughs) (laughs) No, let's not go there. We shouldn't go there. But seriously. (laughs) If you guys have any thoughts, let us know. You can tell us at the Coffee Podcast Facebook. All right. And you can check out the book Flashing the Square at shortaustralianstories.com.au. Thanks for listening with us and stay caffeinated.